Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. I'm glad that you've joined us today. It is Thanksgiving Day, and it is a day of reflection, a day to look back into your lives and... uh, and uh, we look into our lives and we can see the things for which we are most thankful. Although we should have a heart of gratitude every day of the year. It is kind of special to be able to set aside a day where we can come together as friends and family and really maximize our our feelings of gratitude. And uh, I am very, very grateful for Mark. If it weren't for Mark, there wouldn't be a podcast. And so uh, among the many reasons I have to be thankful for Mark, I'm very thankful for this podcast and for how he's been able to bring all of us together with it. So, Mark, what is your thoughts here on Thanksgiving Day? Well, we're talking about things that we're thankful for and how some of those things that we're thankful for need to be prepared for. So this is a prepping podcast, and we'll get into some of the things that we need to be prepping for, but I certainly am thankful for Krista, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about our story in just a few minutes. But first, I would say that I'm very thankful for our listeners. They are directly responsible for the growth of Practical Prepping Podcast. Yes, we are extremely thankful for listeners. We get new listeners every time a podcast drops. We have some very faithful and very regular listeners that tune us in every single time we have a podcast. And we do want to say personally to each one of you, thank you for taking your time and for having an interest in prepping, an interest in being able to be better prepared, be sensible, and be practical in your prepping. We are most, most grateful for all of you. And I just want you to know just as a little bit of a hint we have got some new things we're going to be doing with the podcast beginning next year so we want you all to just stay with us and hold on and 2022 is going to dawn bright and clear and we've got some new additional things that we're going to be including on our podcast so hang on and wait for that to happen so if you haven't already go and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a podcast We want to include you in some of the things that we have planned for this coming year. One of the things that we're certainly thankful for is God's blessing to us and our family. Chris, tell them our story. Well, I'll try to nutshell it as best I can and give you as many of the interesting facts, at least to us. Uh, Mark and I were high school sweethearts back in the 1970s in a little small town in Alabama, And we both graduated from high school, and his life took a direction, and then my life took a direction differently uh, as my family moved from Alabama to North Carolina. And so Mark and I went our separate ways, and he met and married, and a few years later I met and married, and each of us had marriages with uh, other folks. And then several decades went by, and we found that our marriages had ended. And we were able to reconnect with one another after our 40-something-plus years. It was, a, it was one of those surprises in life. You know, it was a blessing and a surprise in life. And we do like to share our story with a lot of folks to just let you know that there's a lot of hope out there and a lot of promise. And uh, God's got something special for everyone's life. What we have as a family, we have... we. We each have grown married kids. When Mark and I married, uh, his three daughters and my daughter had already on their own 
married and we're out of the house. And so between us, we have four married daughters. We have seven grandchildren. We have a foster grandchild. And the blessing of this year is we've got a great grandchild on the way uh, very, very soon. In fact, this week, they say if he's not born by Wednesday, they're going to go in and he will be born on Thursday. So so. within the next week, we will be great grandparents as well as parents and grandparents. And we have what we describe as weird divorces. We both have former spouses with which we are can you use the word close? I would say so. I think I think that we've got a healthy friendships with we're, our We're all spouses. good friends. In fact, we, we've just returned from North Carolina spending some time with one of those grandchildren and his parents, and Krista's first husband was there with us for one of those days, one of those evenings, and shared a meal with us and got to spend some time catching up with him. And we do that with my first wife as well, so... We're blessed in that area, and we are so thankful for our families. And, you know, that's why we prepare. We prepare to be able to take care of ourselves and be able to take care of our families. Because, let's face it, the government is not going to help us. The government. The government. Yeah, the good old government. We we can't count on them for a whole lot of help in a major situation The most they may have to offer is a FEMA camp. Go here, and we'll feed you, and we'll provide you with water and with shelter. And we certainly don't want to be giving up the freedoms that would come along with that. Yeah, I think we prefer to depend on our own selves. Absolutely. We want to depend on ourselves. You know, I'm most thankful also uh, in a spiritual realm, too. I'm thankful for the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ when God sent Jesus, his son, to this earth to pay the penalty for our sins. Our our sense of gratitude and thankfulness really doesn't even articulate what Jesus did for us. And no, and you know that's the ultimate preparation. It really is. Zig Ziglar said we're going to be dead a lot longer than we'll be alive, so we better yeah. be preparing now for when we are dead. Yes, you want to prepare that uh, relationship. We we realize we're speaking to a lot of folks who are believers. We also may be addressing some folks who may not yet believe or who have chosen not to believe. But we do want to share our faith because we know that God is real, that Jesus is real, Holy Spirit is real. The change that has taken place in our lives, our perspective, our future, the understanding that we're given through His Word— There's just nothing to compare to that and the assurance and the knowledge to know that this earthly life is just the beginning, that there's a greater existence with Christ. And we just want to share that. That is a very real part of our lives. If you want to know more about that, you can certainly private message us or email us, and we'll be glad to share more about our spiritual walk with the Lord. You know, you'd made a mention about there are certain things you want to prep And the whole idea of prepping in any definition of the word is to take steps before an event takes place. Absolutely. We were just talking here about It's like wearing a Mm seatbelt. When the wreck starts, it's too late to put on the seatbelt. Yeah. If your house is on fire, it's too late to call the insurance company and say, hey, can I get insurance on my house? Exactly. And it's too late to go down and get a fire extinguisher from the big box store, too. Yeah. And, you know, some folks... When we're relating it to prepping, we ask sometimes, well, why do you have a fire extinguisher? Well, because I can put out a fire. Well, why not just wait till the fire department gets there? Well, it'll take too long. 
Exactly. Sometimes you need to take quicker steps. You have to make those preparations before the event. And as long as you're still living, it's not too late to develop that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And as Chris said, if you'd like more information on that, just email us and we'll be glad to discuss that with you even further. How about some other things that we are thankful for? Well, you know, we we often look at things in through the eyes of prepper and through the eyes of being a practical prepper. And we actually do have material, tangible things that we are quite thankful for. In fact, I think you and I both may have added to this list the very same things. One of the most obvious is we have a comfortable home. We have a roof over our heads. We have somewhere to live, you know, and that's a big deal. And having a roof over your head that keeps us warm, it keeps us dry. It's actually raining outside. We've been away with family today, and we came in, and it was raining Uh, on the way home and as we came into the house. And when we look at having a roof over our heads, you know, stuff happens. We, We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared in the area of shelter, and we need to have auxiliary heat. We used our auxiliary heat this week when we were in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and it kept us nice and toasty warm. Sure did. But that's something that we need to be looking at is uh, preparing for auxiliary heat, preparing for lights out, preparing for shelter if we were to find ourselves in need of getting home. Something else, you know, you and I were talking not too long ago. You asked me a very interesting question about you, you you almost put it in a, this kind of a setting, you know, don't think about the answer, just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you, what is the one thing you would miss the most if we were in a grid down situation? And without hesitation, I said, water on demand, mm-hmm. hot yeah. water, clean, fresh water straight from the tap. We just take it for granted when we have it, and especially hot water. Just, you know, in the olden days, first of all, you had to dig for the water. Then you had to gather the water. Then you had to boil the water before you could even use the water. Yeah, so we are very thankful today for indoor plumbing. Yes, and that doesn't just involve a sink, but that also involves toilets, commodes, bathtub showers, you know, those types of things. Yeah, I didn't have the sink on my mind mm-hmm. when I said indoor, indoor plumbing. plumbing. I think we're talking about what we're exactly what we're talking about, sanitation. The, the indoor plumbing keeps us from having to have an, an outhouse. Well, my grandmother had an outhouse, and she didn't actually have an indoor bathroom until she was in her upper 80s. Mm-hmm. And that was just out of necessity to just keep her from having to walk outside, you know, and take that trip across the yard. They're out there on the farm. And, um, yeah, she didn't have an air conditioner in her house. She did not have an indoor bathroom in her house. She had a cistern outside of the back door. We would go and we would prime the pump, pump up the water from the well and put it in a basin. And I can still see my grandpa putting in a big metal dipper, and he had his own dipper, and he would dip in and get that drink of water. And that was the way they lived. It was a pioneer lifestyle, and they made it work. Mm-hmm. If they heated their home with a potbelly stove with wood, they cooked their food on a cast iron stove, wood stove. And that's how my grandmother was raised, and that's how she continued to live you know, well into her death and when she was 92, I believe it was, when she passed away. So we are thankful for indoor plumbing. Now, you know, you mentioned that outhouse. At the hunting club, we had one of the finest outhouses in the county. You did? 
We did. We had a vinyl-sided two-holer. Wow. A vinyl-sided two-holer. And it was pretty good, except in the middle of the winter when you had 20 degrees outside and you're trying to go up that little hill to get to it. Or in the fall, summer, and spring when the yellow jackets were out. Ew. Any other time, it was pretty good. Yeah, every once in a while, we'd find a little baby rattlesnake in the outhouse. And we just got to where that was a natural thing. She kept a broom out there, and we would take the broom and just sweep the snake out and then get back to business. Yep. All right, so we're talking about indoor plumbing here, but, you know, as a prepper, we need to be prepared for that plumbing going down. The water system can go. We can have water systems that are contaminated, and we need to be storing water, but we also need to be learning how to purify water. And so we've got some episodes on that as well. Now, here's one that we are certainly thankful for. And that is electricity. I mean, truly, we do take that for granted. We walk into a room, we hit the switch, the light comes on, we don't even think about it. But, you know, if you just, if you look back, maybe just a scant 100, 120 years, 130 years, there was no walking in a room and flipping a switch. It's just not going to be there. You had to have lanterns, candles, torches, whatever it took to get light in your dwelling. And you can imagine the quality of the light wasn't nearly as bright or as saturating as the electrical lights that we have now. So electricity, just if you think about all the different things electricity does. Well, it cooks our food. It keeps Mm -hmm. us warm. It keeps us from running into furniture at night. Right. It enables us to podcast. Uh So we need to prep for those power outages. Yes, we've talked many times about what would you, how would you cook if you didn't have an electric stove or a gas stove with an electric ignition. At least with a gas stove, you can actually light it. Mm-hmm. But with an electric stove, like what I have here now, it's useless. There's no, there's no hot oven if the power's gone. So we have a couple of alternative cooking methods, starting with the easy one is a camp stove that we could actually put on top of your electric stove and be able to cook with there. It allows us to heat And we need to be able to have auxiliary heat that is not dependent on electricity. We talked about the the light. We need those lights out kits. We need to be able to have those flashlights and those lanterns and those candles there in the house. Now, when it comes to podcasting, uh, that's not really a survival skill. Well, yes. In a power-down situation where electricity is definitely gone and you're not able to broadcast, the podcasting will go away. We're doing standard <laughs> podcasting. We're not doing tactical podcasting. Right, and at least not yet. Hey, pa- tactical microphone. Hmm. I wonder if they make such a thing. You might have a million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm thankful for internal combustion engines. That's another thing you take for granted when you have it. If you're if you're blessed enough to have your own private vehicle, you can jump in, turn on, and drive anywhere you want to go. What a luxury. It really is when you think about it. Now, not everybody has to have a car to live. I happen to know a lot of city dwellers in New York or San Francisco or L.A. They've never owned a car, never even got a driver's license. They're, they walk or they do public transportation. But Well, there's just there's, a few options there. You yeah. either own a vehicle, you have a good transportation system, you bum rides, or you stay home. You get subways. That, and that's about like. what it amounts to. But, yes, for sure, a combustion engine, you know, 
think of all the things that have an engine, your car, your trucks, your delivery trucks, mm -hmm. your trains, your airplanes. But that allowed us to be able to spend time this last week with a grandson. Yes, because we had a car. We could go in our car and travel several states over. And even if we grandson. were on horses, it would have taken us too long to get there. Oh, my goodness, so, yes. Anyway, it, but internal combustion engines, they run our lawnmowers, they run our weed eaters, right. our chainsaws, tractors, tillers. Mm -hmm. So we need to be prepping gasoline. Something we thought about, too, because, you know, if you're in America, and I think this is all around the world right now, the gasoline prices are inching up. and They're, they're more than inching. They've taken quite a stride between this time last year and... Uh, yeah, they're more like footing instead of inching. So prepping gasoline, you know, it's going to cost a little more, but better to get some now than wait six months where it might be double in price or something. Yeah, and another thing that we were talking about, we've said before that we travel with a gallon or a gallon and a half of gasoline just in case. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about now is if we come to a situation where we have severe fuel shortages, what we will be doing is having enough gasoline that we can put on a carrier on the back of the Jeep, although we'll have to protect it, but enough fuel to get us to where we need to go, just in case there's some type of emergency situation and we have to be able to get to North Carolina for family We'll be able to do that without worry. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to carry enough to get there and back, but you know, once we're there in an emergency situation, we could take time to be able to find enough gasoline to get home. You know, I had read some stories this past week where some folks were prepping for their Thanksgiving trips that they're mm -hmm. taking by car, and there were some people that were in line at a gas station in America, and they were they waited and waited and waited, and then it was time for them to pull up. The station managers came out, shut the pumps down, and said, we're out. We are mm -hmm. bone dry, out of gas. We have zero gas. And some of these people had been waiting for three-plus hours. Mm. And we're just talking, you know, last week. So there's some hard-hit areas already. This may have actually changed a lot of people's travel plans. It might have. If they'd prepped some gasoline, it wouldn't have been an issue. And we've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again later, but on that gasoline prepping, it's, it's simple to set up a rotation schedule. And if you've got six cans, six five-gallon jugs, then have those six filled. And every month, pour one into your gas tank and refill it. And the next month, you do the next can and on down. And so then you're rotating it every six months. When we're talking about some of these small engines, it's a good idea to prep some spare parts for these engines. You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but mm -hmm. you're right, because invariably when you're using a lawnmower or a weed eater or a leaf blower, chainsaw, you know, it's the little it's the little but highly significant replacement parts that are always the issue. Yeah, spark plugs being one of them. Your dad and my dad both had prepared by having extra spark plugs on hand and Theirs are out in the garage right now. I mean, oh, we're convinced that our dads were preppers. They just didn't know it. They didn't use the word prepper. That was just lifestyle. And now. the two of them didn't necessarily prep with a lot of food and water. But if it was around the house, around the farm, or something that was needed in the vehicle, they probably had at least one extra. 
So storing those spark plugs, how about mower belts? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you do, if you break a belt, you don't have any other way to use that lawnmower. You can stock oil filters, oil. And you might even, if you have the skills to do it, go ahead and stock a carburetor kit for your small engine. You're touching on something that's really relevant right now, and that is there are a lot of automotive places, just like anywhere else, that are faced with severe supply chain issues Mm -hmm. where it was even a year or two ago that recently it would have been nothing for you to need one part. You could zip on down to the local hardware, the automotive store. They're going to have a warehouse full of whatever you want. Yeah. And if the store didn't have it, they say, can you give me two hours and I'll have it delivered. Yeah. Now what we're seeing is you go to these stores. It's going to take six or eight weeks. And it's hard even to get waited on because they're understaffed. We've got a lot of folks that are not working that did used to work. And so what you're seeing is you're going to have to rely even more on your own savvy in order to get by with stockpiling parts. You may have to order some things online to get them. But in any case, yes, some of these small parts like he's talking about, the spark plugs, the mower belts, oil filters, air filters, carburetor kits, if you've got the skill, you know, for that. And it's not extremely difficult to put a carburetor kit in a small engine. A lot of what you're talking about also translates over to car care, vehicle Mm -hmm. care, automobile care, same thing, oil filters, serpentine uh, belt, fluids, transmission fluids. And the way to do that serpentine belt is if you have one changed, if it didn't break and, you know, there's different service schedules on those. And if you have the serpentine belt, changed just tell them you want to keep the old one because an old one would work in an emergency it's even something simple like a little fuse Mm -hmm. something that's going to power i guess some of the well do they use fuses for the lights now or is that a computer chip no there's fuses for lights for brake lights for turn signals for radios for heater for air everything in that vehicle runs on some type of fuse Mm-hmm. And we were traveling to North Carolina, and in my toolbox that goes with us on every trip, there's a box of various sizes fuses in that box. So uh, one I actually think we've blown, so I'll be checking on that tomorrow. But it wasn't one that put us down on the side of the road. But you can also carry bulbs. Now, it's not as easy as it was many, many years ago when there weren't, you know, 29 different types of bulb for each make and model of vehicle. Yeah, they are very specific now. Yeah, used to you kept an 1156 and 1157 bulb and you had 90%, if not more, of all of the tail lights and brake lights covered in American-made vehicles. That's not exactly the case today, but it's not a bad idea to carry some extra bulbs. Now, here's an interesting one to be thankful for. Yeah, I actually wrote this next one. I was thinking, I was just kind of just sitting here quietly thinking about all the different kinds of things I could be thankful for, tangible things and intangible things. And one of the ones that I have always reflected on are problems, Mm -hmm. difficulties, trials, tribulations, issues, conflict. You know, everything I just said is a negative. It's a problem in in your life. It can be an issue between you and a family member, you and a friend, maybe you with yourself. Some people have conflicts with themselves. But I have found that, and I guess it's because of my spiritual walk with the Lord, that I have found that the Lord actually helps me 
not by solving my problem, but by walking through it with me. You know, the Bible does not say Jesus said, I will solve all your problems. Nope. Jesus never said that. Jesus said, I will be with you always through mm-hmm. everything. And I have found that if I actually develop an attitude of gratitude when I've had a problem, when I've had a difficulty, a conflict, uh, an issue, uh, a real situation that caused me some stress, maybe a little bit of worry, maybe I was frightened, and maybe I didn't know which way to turn. And believe me, I've been at that junction many times in my life. But I have found that my gratitude to have these problems helped me to realize how much I grew, how much strength I was able to acquire, how much character building that it brought to my life to be able to struggle. You know, not everything goes your way. There's some folks right now that do not know how to deal with life when it just doesn't go their way. Yeah, and a lot of times these lessons, these growth that we experience, they they enable us to go through something even much harder down the road. See, the Lord knows the end from the beginning. He already knows what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, next decade, next century. And he can prepare us to go through things. And I will just use this example. My first wife fell in 1993 and broke her leg very severely. And she spent had to have surgery and spent six months well, five and a half months in a wheelchair. And it pushed us together to such a degree that when six months down the road, life came crashing down around our ankles, we were able to weather that. We were able to go through that. Absolutely. And I think, too, one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children is to teach them how to not succeed at everything and how to, you know, get back up when they've been kicked down. Because, we're all proponents of saying life isn't fair, nobody's perfect, life isn't fair, nobody's perfect. And then life jumps up and does something real unfair to you or your kid. And suddenly you get your hackles up and you want to you wanna bounce back on life and say, now that isn't really nice, you know, but weren't we the ones that just said life is not fair and nobody's perfect? You and I have both gone through some major failures in our lifetime. Not always our fault, sometimes our fault, but we've gone through some biggies. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we did some things that had consequences, Yeah. and sometimes things happened to us that had consequences. But sometimes those failures helped us get back up for something else that was to come. Well, I think the biggest lesson it gave me initially was to realize that there are some things I could absolutely get through Mm -hmm. when I didn't think I could. Right. And it wasn't through my own strength, and I realized that, but I just... When I develop an attitude where I've actually even said, and I have told Jesus, I have said, thank you, Jesus, for that problem in my life, because it showed me more of you, Lord. It showed me who you are in my life. It showed me who I am and how much I mean to you. You know, the world's situation is you're never supposed to have problems, and if you do, you're on your own. So it's world doesn't help you out a bit. Uh, It doesn't prepare you for that kind of thing. But I think problems are a good prep. So I would say here, don't be afraid to let your children fail. If they don't ever fail, they don't know how to handle failure. And when they get out into life, there will be failures. And they're looking to us sometimes as parents. How do we handle Mm -hmm. the things that are thrown our way? or How do we handle the mistakes that we have overtly made? 
you know, a child needs to learn how to apologize. A child needs to learn how to really, really be sorry for something that has been done. And we parents can model that for our children. And we can prepare them to have strength of character through adversity. Well, that's the only way they're going to learn it is it's going to be modeled before them. I think it makes them a more compassionate human being. So we should model that. And our children will model that after us. And that's that's how you know you've created and, and thrown a good human being out into the world. Mm-hmm. Something else I think to be very thankful for is employment. We mentioned earlier there's a lot of folks right now who could be working that are choosing not to. And, you know, that's all that I can address to that issue. That's not for me to solve. That's between them and their issue. You know, that's between them. But there are others <clears throat> that want to be working, but because of certain mandates, they're not allowed to work. Yeah, and there's certain jobs that have just gone away altogether, mandate or not, and they want to work and cannot find work. So we realize a lot of people are praying and hoping for a job, and and they maybe they're living somewhere where it's just not as readily available as other places. And I would actually venture this out there, too. If, if you're out there and you really, really want to work and you're in a situation where there's jobs all around you, you can work at something you don't absolutely love. If it if your bills need to get paid, you can flip hamburgers. You can. I, I have said that to myself. I am not too good to push a broom. I am not too good to flip hamburgers. I'm not too good to wash a car. You know, if it's going to pay a good honest day's wage for a good honest day's work, be grateful and be thankful for employment. And if you are employed in a job that that you love or a job that loves you, you know, a lot of times you're, the job is more valuable by having you in it. Be very grateful for that because that's a rare and blessed opportunity to be able to contribute to society. Mm-hmm. That makes a good society. So thankful for employment, which brings a steady income. And also thankful for the friends that we have. Yes, a social life. To be able to have friends, the people whom you choose to have in your life and you love them and care about them, you know. There are some people listening that have friends. I've had friends in my life over 50 years. Mm-hmm. I've had friends in my life over 60 years. And a lot of my family I consider friends, too, as well. Most of it, I'd say all of them. And uh, I'm so thankful to be able to be a part of a social group that is so uh, caring and generous and kind. And that is such a blessing. I'm, I would hope that everybody could have the kinds of friends we have, and my prayer is that I'll be the kind of friend they are to me. Mm-hmm. I'm also thankful for a lot of the interests that we have, the hobbies that we have, the skill sets that we have, and for the health that we have. Uh, yes, I'm on medication for the highs, the high blood sugar, the high blood pressure, and the high cholesterol. We're working on that. But overall, we both have pretty decent health. We can improve it but we're thankful for that that we have. Certainly very thankful. And then very thankful for the liberty and the freedom that we enjoy living in the country that we do. You know, that's extremely large item of gratitude. We realize that there are listeners right now who do not enjoy the liberties and the freedoms that we have. They may be living in a a modern country, but maybe they just don't enjoy the same types of liberties and freedoms that we hold dear, and we're most grateful for that and for that blessing. I think the last time that I looked, we have listeners in 89 countries. That's tremendous. And some of those countries do not have near the freedoms that we have. So 
there are countries where we have listeners that they do not have the freedom of religion. They don't have the freedom of speech. Mm -mm. Or the freedom of assembly. And we're not trying to be like a Debbie Downer here. We want to reach out to each one of you. That if you're that person that's in a country right now listening to us. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. And we know that there's that there's a little sign on my wall here. That there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. And if nothing else, you can just thank the good Lord for the life that you have right now, the breath that he gave you to breathe, the ability to see, to hear. If you have legs that can walk and arms that can reach, you are so blessed. So even if you feel yourself limited in your freedom, you're not limited in your humanity. Mm -hmm. And we just want to reach out to you and say that we care about you and we're praying for your situation, that your life is going to be a light wherever you may shine. All right. Anything else you want to add tonight? We just want to wish everyone a blessed, warm, bright, and beautiful Thanksgiving Day. And we'll see you next time. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.